Welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm happy to be here with Josh Jacobson, a social impact expert, movement maker, and founder and CEO of Next Stage. Welcome, Josh. Hey, Dylan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So, Josh, can you get us started and tell us a little bit about your history and the background of your business? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Next Stage is the name of our company. I found it almost 10 years ago. In fact, we're coming up on our decade anniversary. Uh, uh, it is a social impact consultancy. That's not what it started off as, though. In fact, we've had a number of pivots along the way. Uh, I was a practitioner, nonprofit practitioner, uh, having worked a number of nonprofits. Uh, Zyda wanted to start a, a consulting firm for them. Uh, we saw strategic planning and uh, organizational strengthening as big needs in the social sector. Uh, while I've been in it, though, uh, we have uh, taken on a, a larger um, identity. Uh, we dropped consulting from our name. We used to be Next Stage Consulting, so now we're just Next Stage. We have a number of service lines that are uh, support not only nonprofits, but really intersectional work. Uh, we work with six sectors, nonprofits, private sector, uh, faith-based uh, organizations, um, community-based organizations, philanthropy, and municipalities and government. We work on kind of big, challenging things that are at the intersection. Uh, so, you know, uh, issues in our society that need uh, more um, more collaboration to make it happen. In fact, collaboration management is a big part of what we do. So 10 years at it, lots of pivots, lots of learnings uh, along the way. Amazing. And what motivated you to get into this this line of work? Because it sounds like it uh, comes from a personal side. Yeah. Well, I mean, social entrepreneurship is really, uh, we call our company a social entrepreneurship. So uh, having worked in nonprofits my entire career, the idea of starting a company was not uh, intuitive. So uh, I was a reluctant entrepreneur, uh, someone who wasn't quite sure uh, that it was right for me. Uh, but finding social entrepreneurship as a, as a pathway where I could uh, bring my kind of what I wanted to accomplish in the world, my value system forward, but also to build a, a different um, ROI and, and uh, business proposition. Uh, something that we were not uh, encouraged to do as much in the nonprofit sector. We don't typically think of earned revenue strategies or entrepreneurship as as social sector strategies. So I started the the company with the eye of kind of bringing uh, together. In fact, we have a deliverable called Profit and Purpose, and that's really what we're about. You know, how do we bring uh, a a sustainable business model forward, uh, but also uh, make it purposeful? Okay, amazing. And what got you? What got you started in the industry and wh when exactly did you start? Yeah, I, I relocated uh, to my now um, city, Charlotte, North Carolina from New York City to marry my now wife. Uh, came down with no contacts. Kind of one of those things you do when you turn 30. You're like, I'm just going to blow up my life. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, completely uh, relocate someplace where I have no capacity to necessarily make a living. Uh, I have to start all over again. Uh, and in doing so, I found consulting, which I had not known much about uh, and really found I loved it. Strategy had always been something I was uh, passionate about, you know, helping um, other institutions you know, formulate um, business strategy. I I'm the sort of guy who sits at a restaurant and thinks all the dozens of ways that the restaurant should be marketing itself and presenting <laughs> itself. 
just I can't help myself. Um, so finding the industry of consulting, I worked for a consultant for a time, uh, managed his uh, company for a couple of years, and then just felt called called to establish my own uh, mark. You know, to to you know take a risk on myself, take that that uh, courageous act to jump out and, and do it. I'm so glad I did. Uh, everything I can point to that as a demarcation point in my whole life. Everything um, rolls back uh, and and up from it. Um, it's been uh, a really rewarding career thus far. Amazing. I love to hear that. That's a lot of people aspire to do something that they love. And I think most people settle for a paycheck. And I think it's awesome that you're doing something that you are really passionate about. And I think that's really great. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a risk, right? You have to take that risk. You have to be willing 100%. to bet on yourself. And I think a lot of times what keeps people in those, you know, in your job, you know, just having a job and being, you know, satisfied is is fear, you know, fear of the unknown. What if I fail? And I remember at that moment where I decided I'm just going to go off and do this thing. I thought, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, the worst that can happen six months from now, I'm I'm back looking for a job. You know, it, it, if if it doesn't work out, at least I'll know. At least I I won't have that lingering doubt. Should I? Could I? Uh, I'll I'll know for certain. Uh, and I, I found that most people who give it a shot, you know, there may be struggle, you know, people struggle at varying uh, degrees. Um, but there's there's definitely a reciprocity. You know, the world tends to, you know, people who strike out to do something bold and courageous, the world kind of rises to them. Uh, it's an adage I, and philosophy I've taken into life. Amazing. And do you, do you remember the point after starting your company where you like realized Wow, this this is a great business. I'm I'm actually doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Well, I remember uh, at the time I was about uh, six, seven months in. I'd just been kind of scrapping it together. You know, when you're in the consulting, uh, there's there's very it's sort of you're either you're either compensating me for a for a pretty in depth engagement. Uh, there's very mu little difference. You know, there's there's not like a down the funnel. Uh, in consulting. It's one of the reasons we dropped consulting because we wanted there to be other ways that you could engage with us. We tend to think of consulting as kind of a big ticket uh, item that only some uh, institutions can afford. Uh, but I was scrapping together. I was doing workshops. I was doing training. I was doing all sorts of things. And then the big project that fall, I think it was August, eight months in, landed a 16-month project, a six-figure contract. Definitely the biggest thing I'd, I'd seen to that date. Uh, and Really, uh, everything you know came together after that. It was also the the confidence. I mean, there's nothing like landing a you know a big contract to say, "Hey, I can do this. This is something that uh, I need to think bigger." I was maybe thinking too small uh, when I first started out. I just needed to pay, you know, make sure I could um, pay the the mortgage. Right? <laughs> you know, early on, you're just trying to you know, can I can I sustain myself? And then I really started thinking, oh, I might be able to build a, a company uh, around this. It took took some time, but we did finally get there. Hundred percent, and that's actually my favorite question to ask because it's what a lot of people aspire to to get to is a point where they've got a successful business and they know they can continue at a upward trajectory. <laughs> yep. And I love that. Yeah. Um. So you you've been in the industry for quite a while. How have you adapted to changes over the years? Yeah. Yeah. And this is, I think, multiple times, uh, you know, in this business, you know, you would tend to find if whoever's listening in your in your town, city, 
Uh, it's a cottage industry, really, of, of management consultants that serve the nonprofit sector. So first of all, you know, that anyone would hang a shingle and say, you know, I only want to serve nonprofits, the you know, least capable of paying for consulting. You know, it's, it's an industry that doesn't grow very much with, with reason because there's, there's, it's a limited and shallow pool of uh, clients for it. It's a lot of people who were once upon a time um, practitioners inside nonprofits who you know, feel like they've learned something and want to do something about it. And, uh, you know, there's there's a couple, you know, sectors or, or uh, business models that exist, capital campaign fundraising, a lot of fundraising and marketing campaigns, uh, marketing uh, consulting uh, companies. Um, but a lot of us are, are generalists. We kind of come out and, and we do a little bit of everything uh, and our and our task is different every day. And I, I did the same thing, kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, and as time went on, you know, you start to work with with projects and and uh, clients. You you start to get narrowed into what it is that you want to do. For me, a couple of things came forward. One, the intersection between the private sector and nonprofits. You know, that changed a lot in the post uh, recession timeframe. You know, what people, why companies were supporting nonprofits changed. Uh, and we've been on a, a almost 10 year odyssey to figure that out and to help knit together companies, the private sector and nonprofits more cohesively. Uh, ESG, the ESG movement uh, is a big part of that. Corporate social responsibility has changed a lot of things. So, uh, you know, why companies are supporting nonprofits, it's not charitable. It never was, you know, companies do it uh, out of a, a self-interest figuring out what that self-interest is and what's the value proposition, the ROI, that's a big one. So that's a big one. And then the big thing was just, you know, the stuff, the big stuff that's in front of us as a, as a people, if we think about affordable housing in your community, if you think about health and how we're helping people who are experiencing poverty, overcome poverty, economic mobility, none of those things are things that a nonprofit by itself can do. In fact, it's nonprofits are too small and, and uh, difficult to scale. Um, as we look at the private sector and, and government, um, you know, that's where all the big dollars are. Uh, the reality is we have to work together. It has to be collaborative. So for us, the big pivot was that you can't stay working with a client. You have to work through your clients to get at that larger work. And so collaboration management was our big pivot, thinking that, you know, the, the big work is really going to require us working uh, together uh, and that's also caused us to build some technology uh, solutions around that, how to help people uh, collaborate more, more effectively. Um, so we moved from being kind of a generalist consulting company into being uh, really a, uh, we, we have essentially five discrete service lines that are all uh, unique to us. There's no other company like us. I've gone looking. Uh, there, there's not really anyone who's accumulated kind of what we do, how we do it. Uh, and that niche we were already a niche. We became even more niche. Uh, and in doing so, we also grew from being, you know, focused in our, our city of Charlotte or in the Carolinas to being more nationally serving. We're now a team of seven full-time employees, which I know sounds small, but uh, for the work we do, we're one of the largest uh, practices in the state doing what we're doing. Um, the, this industry is relatively small as it is. So that niche actually served us well. It, it gave us identity, brand, uh, and ultimately attracted uh, larger projects to us. Amazing. Yeah, I, we don't judge the size of the company by the number of employees. Don't worry. Yeah. I have a, <laughs> I have a dream impact they make. many more, many more employees down the line, but it would only be possible because we've arrived at this, this business model. Uh, and 
the old business model would never scale. You know, it's very dependent upon consultants and with identity and personality and being the the middle. Uh, now what we do is much more team-based, much more collaborative, but also much more, you know, bottom up. So we're, we're supporting the people who do the work. We're not trying to get in front of them and be the, what we call sage on the stage, you know, sort of uh, personality-based consulting uh, where you're leading okay. a group of people like a, like a, you know, that, that favorite professor you had in college, who really like made a difference in your life. <laughs> it's hard to build a, a company around that. You know, you start to find that you, you can't clone yourself. Uh, you need to find new ways of doing things. Okay, great. And uh, so most of your clients, is it full-time or is it all contract-based? And how, how long do the typical contracts last? Yeah, yeah all contract-based. Um, we're, we're usually about a, a six-month um, six contract. Uh, what's changed for us is we used to be primarily strategy building. So we would help you build your strategic plan, help you build uh, sort of uh, work through a discovery into a planning into the beginnings of implementation, and then we would send you on your way. Um, now we're doing more long-term renewable work where we stick around for the implementation phase. We're much more embedded uh, in the projects. We're also finding that single clients will have multiple contracts with us, uh, working on multiple components of their work um, simultaneously. We're working with bigger, bigger projects. Um, so, you know, the old days, I mean, I used to take on two and three month contract work and be happy, happy to know that there was something in the bank account, you know, for next month or the month after. We're we're more mindful now of taking on that first contract with with the idea of a renewable uh, relationship. Um, some of our longest relationships now are in the three and four year range. And that's really, you know, kind of where we're going, I think, is deeper, longer term um, work. And not all of it classically consulting, you know. It's not. It's not that sort of person who comes in and tells you, you know, how to do it. We're taking on, becoming more a part of the business model of our long-term uh, clients. So there's contractor components of what we do, continued consulting, and then you know services, things that we're doing that are almost like an outsourced, um, outsourced service line. Um, that uh, things like uh, our our platform our digital platform for collaboration management is more of a more of a product than a service okay cool and uh, what what sort of metrics or kpis do you use to measure firstly the success of your business and the work you do for your clients yeah so i mean profitability is something you have to start thinking about particularly the larger you get it's a lot easier when it was my own time you know I, I can sell it for as cheaply as I want to. <laughs> and But as you start paying and compensating a team, start having an office space, which we have now, and you start to have to really think about, you know, are we pricing things appropriately? How much time is it taking us to do this work? You know, some of our service lines we've done, you know, more than a hundred times, we've got it down to a pretty fine uh, point on it uh, as to how it goes. There's always curveballs, though. You know, you never know the client as you're working with them, what what the needs are. We tend to, we're not hourly, so we tend not to be um, just our, the nature of our work and our clients, um, particularly the nonprofit sector, social sector. You know, they don't do well with a clock that's on. You know, they need to know deliverables. They need to know that you're going to get the job done. So we typically will will quote a, a, a cost for the entire project. Uh, with known variables uh, informing that. And then, you know, we sometimes we benefit that it's easier 
almost all the time it's not uh, and we uh, you know learn uh, you know what was under the surface that we didn't know about with the client but we've gotten pretty good at, at uh, estimating you know how much time it's going to take to get things done so one of the key uh, performance indicators for us is you know are we are we on track with our time tracking are we uh, was our estimate and you know what it actually has taken us are they comparable um, so that's important client satisfaction quality is you know this is such a your brand is made up of your past clients you know, if, if people uh, generally are favorable to your work you're going to keep working if they're not they're not going to and that's particularly true when you're based in a community I would say still 60 percent of our work is in the Charlotte metro uh, around uh, the hour around our our metro so that's you know it's a sh you know shallow pool of people so you know quality metrics at the end you know did we hit our marks anytime there's the project has you know specifics carved out in the proposal as to deliverables you know did we hit did we hit them on on time um were they uh, high quality? Was the client satisfied? Did they do what they were? They said they were going to do. Um, so those are some of the key uh, key performance uh, indicators for us. Okay, amazing. And what challenges over the years? And I'm sure there have been some challenges. Uh, have you faced, and how have you overcome them? Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple times where I've grown faster than the business model caught up to, and those are always done with some amount of uh, there's risk and reward, but there's also, you know, having, uh, you know, built a little bit of a reserve to make some smart uh, bets. Uh, but there's been times where we've been, you know, we've, we've had a team and, and the clients haven't caught up uh, in time. And so we're, you know, working hard to, to get the word out. You know, one of the things that I think I've learned is to not build myself as the essential ingredient into the company. So I can't be I, I can't be essential to every client, or else I'm stretched too thin. Uh, and also, while that's happening, business development isn't uh, happening because I'm stuck in client uh, engagement. So we've gotten much more um, structured around how we do that. Uh, some of the you know biggest challenges have really just been my own time and capacity to be able to take on uh, project work. And so building a team uh, team based approach to that work has been really helpful. Um, definitely the pandemic. I mean, I'm sure, uh, this podcast probably talks a lot about, you know, the pandemic <laughs> for us, it was a pivot. I mean, we, we've doubled, we've doubled our staff size, more than doubled our revenues, uh, since 2020. Um, so we've certainly grown, uh, as a result of just the, the crisis of the pandemic certainly created need for a company that does social impact, uh, companies, uh, certainly more, uh, aware of the, murder of George Floyd in 2021, the focus on racial justice coming forward so uh, prominently, how companies and nonprofits related to each other, uh, recovery funds from the from the federal government coming into communities to activate um, recovery. All of those were opportunities for a company like mine, uh, to, but to focus on impact, focus on the role that we could best play in that. Um, and what we found is there's just there's just a need for a company like ours. You know, nonprofits grow slowly. And it's very hard. And when some when something like a pandemic comes along and you lose staff, it's it's hard to grow back. And so that that mission that you know is so important 
uh, to be able to come alongside a, a, an organization that might be in a, in a state of uh, disruption and be able to support the work. Um, we've just found that there's a growing need, in fact, for uh, this this um, sort of third sector work, the, the outsourced um, work that we're able to do. Um, so that's definitely, uh, you know, the challenges also have have opportunity attached to it. I, I truly believe that chaos and and uh, you know the sort of when things are upside down is often when there's the most you know opportunity to think about how can I harness this? What can we do? What are people looking for now that they weren't looking for before? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Actually, a lot of the founders and entrepreneurs that I have been interviewing have said that COVID was obviously it was a it was a terrible thing in the world, but it brought about new opportunities and new ways of thinking and doing and like remote working and all that type of thing. And it's it's actually reshaped the world in in a more positive way, in my opinion. And sure. so now it's at least there's one positive that came That's out right. of that. Yeah, the silver lining, right? Of, uh, there's a lot of them. I mean, a lot of innovations, a lot of things that came through. And, you know, I feel that way about crisis. You know, crisis creates opportunity. And we have to be willing and boldly courageous enough to take it you know it's it's when the chips are down and you're most looking wounds and you're just like how can i possibly muster up the initiative to want to try to build at a time of such disruption i mean we were all thrown into our homes and the, you know the fear of of a, a worldwide pandemic i mean but to pause and say okay how do, what can we do you know how can we how can we serve our values how can we while also, you know, growing our business, you know, to actually take that moment. I think that is the separation for people who, you know, grow to really love entrepreneurship uh, is you're always thinking that way. I mean, there's nothing that can happen that throws you off your game so much that you're not also thinking, you know, what, how am I taking this in? This is just data. You know, this is on some level, I have to see this as just data. I can't get emotionally attached. I have to see this as data that I can create a strategy to overcome, to, you know, find a new way forward. Um, and I think that's, you know, uh, what the difference between a client who is often looking for help, right? And 100%. a consulting entity that is providing answers and trying to sort, you know, it's confidence and it's courage and confidence. Exactly, exactly. Um, so we are running out of time, but yeah. I wanted to get this last question in because I think it's important. Um, sure. I want to know, what advice would you give to other business owners looking to succeed in this industry? And the reason I think this is important is because I think the world needs more people and businesses like yours. Well, hey, thank you. Appreciate that. First of all, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's a great podcast. And I think meaningful, uh, you know, I, I believe so much in entrepreneurship. I believe in uh, starting uh, an enterprise to really, you know, it's, it's the American dream. It's, it's what it's what our our uh, founding fathers, you know, believed we should have the right to do is to make your way and to build a build a business. And again, I was a reluctant entrepreneur, so I had no um, didn't learn it in school, didn't take classes. No one, uh, no one ever said, Josh, you could be an entrepreneur. It just never even crossed my mind. So I wouldn't have even thought that word really fit me for this first couple of years of owning a business. I didn't really see myself as an entrepreneur. I just had sort of like found my way into it. Um, but then, you know, a couple really important, uh, you know, seminal kind of books everybody's read, you know, Blue Ocean Strategy, 10,000 Hours. I mean, these these ideas of like starting to hone what you do, like to really own it, you know, to not be reactive. You know, a lot of times what can be 
is you build a brand for yourself. You can just wait for people to discover you. You know, if you have good SEO, people are going to find you. Inbound marketing comes in and you're, you know, you're, you can, you can live on that. Um, the key is to what do you want to do? You know, what is it that, what mark do you want to make? What's the, what's your purpose? Like, why are you doing this? And uh, so I've done like, like eight iterations of 10,000 hours since I discovered that. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on the one now, which is about management, about how do I manage a company? <laughs> like the last one to get to, like, how do I actually own and manage a company? Because I was doing a lot of the work for a long time. Uh, but finding my purpose, finding my way in it forced me to become more specific about what I do, the niche that I want to live. You know, the I think as you begin to hone what it is and where you fit, um, a lot of that comes from also identity of saying, okay, this is giving me purpose. I'm not feeling honed in. I'm not feeling sort of by becoming more specific, I'm actually becoming more empowered by it. And I think it's the opposite of how my, when I meet people for job job interviews or when they're out looking for a job, I say, what do you want to do? Well, I could do anything. It's like, well, I want to keep all my options open. Keeping your options open is not a good entrepreneurial instinct. Getting honed and focused and razor sharp about who you are and what you do that builds courage and, and branding and identity. And when you find that thing and you know it's what your life's work meant to be, you know, get out of the way because everyone, you know, you're just going to, you're on it. Right. So to me, that's the advice I would give. If you're not quite there yet, apply yourself to it, like figure out what your purpose is, get focused and uh, watch your, um, your revenues grow, watch your brand grow, watch your company grow. Amazing. Well, that's great advice. And Sorry, we, we are going to have to cut this off now, but I really enjoyed this conversation, Josh. And thank you so much for being here. But just before I sign off, what is the best way for people to get in touch with Josh Jacobson? If you have any offers for them or they just like to follow your story. Yeah, uh, check us out at nextstage-consulting.com. That's our website. Uh, you can find all of our socials there. Um, we do a lot of thought leadership. So lots of ways you can uh, view some videos there and, and, uh, download some of our reports to learn more about the work that we do. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. You got it. Thank you, Dylan. Cheers. Cheers.